0: Two guys and their team. Minnesota Twins. Their obsession thrived. Other fans arrived. Glory years begin. Aaron's overweight. John is an antique. Both are most appalled that you are enthralled with Gleeman and the geek. So they sit and mourn. Why big poppy leave? Question garden hire, stoke the hot stove fire till they both believe. They've escaped their homes Golden beers await You can listen in As this loony bin Argues and debates Though they're still obsessed Though they'll still critique Though they act all smart there's are still fans at heart, gleaming, and the geek. Though they act all smart, they're still fans at heart, gleaming, and the geek.
1: And welcome to Gleaming and the Geek, the worst loss of the season episode. <laughs> You finally identified your worst <laughs> loss of the season. I think it was probably Tuesday. Truth be told, but yes, yeah. Who are you? I'm John Bonosich. That's right. We're doing the free one. <laughs> Who am I? Who am I? <laughs> uh, and by the way, we're also doing the uh, the. Uh, Beauty and the Beast introduction music for this one. Why <laughs> are we doing up. that? Because that's the, that's the sad, sad introduction music that we do when we get knocked out of the playoffs. That's what we do. Oh, I didn't realize <laughs> we do that. <laughs> I'm John Bonus which was daily with me, Aaron Gleeman of the Athletic Deca, We, huh? <coughs> I don't want to be associated with that. <laughs> I had actually forgotten it, but some Patreon listeners were like, oh, this is I'm looking forward to hearing that. Yeah, uh, but are you being bit.
2: swayed by two people mentioning something? Potentially.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> Good to.
2: This is a, a lot of times I'll say something like that to Johnny, and he'll go, Oh, yeah, that's probably true. And no effect on Babe. We, uh, this, <laughs> that does happen a lot. Yeah, you just, yeah. it Because you go, Oh, yeah, probably yeah, that's I what just, ha- yeah, I just, I'm, I don't care. I'm going to do something stupid now. This one's um, going to happen. <laughs> well, I apologize for what you guys had to hear in the intro. That was my
1: idea. <laughs> we are recording this, uh, what's today, Thursday? Uh, it is Thursday morning, yes, at 7 a.m. 7.20 a.m. And uh, we were originally thinking this was going to be a Patreon show, but it's not going to be a Patreon show. No, so we'll make the, it a big uh, old free show, recap
2: everything we uh, saw and heard during the, uh, the whole playoff run, but obviously the last right. two
1: games, uh, especially last night, Twins lose. We will probably do a Patreon on Monday, probably a mailbag episode yeah. for you Patreon been members. been a while who are, since we did a mailbag. Episode. Yeah, And, they, and people want to vent about something or ask some questions or look ahead to the to the off-season, Yes. Let's get, get but now we're in. Today, we're just going to sit in it. <laughs> that is exactly you right.
2: Marinate in yeah,
1: it. Yeah, I'm okay with that.
2: Bathe in it. What's the... <laughs> uh, marinate's pretty good. Yeah, marinate's good. I like that. Okay, so <laughs> we'll go with that. Uh, twins lose back-to-back at home. It's funny, during the... two
1: two pitchers that I did not think they would be losing back-to-back to.
2: Yeah, they, uh, well, I mean... W- during the Blue Jays series, the sweep they had of the Blue two game sweep they had of the Blue Jays at home, one of the things we talked about was you know first day they break the nineteen year zero and eighteen stretch, and then twenty four hours later they break the twenty one year, you know playoff series one they right. haven't yep. a playoff series stretch, and I'm very glad they did both, uh, and it was a good way to just do it and not have to go to a game three there and worry about anything. But we talked at the time about how how quick it changed. Like how you wait 20 years effectively for these things right. and then in 24 hours or, you know, 36 hours, it it all changes. Both s- streaks get snapped and then they're right. moving on and you yep. don't even really have time to kind yep. of marinate in it. You're just on to, on to the next and in this case, on to Houston. And I felt like this series kind of did the same in the thing. same way, yeah. not in a positive way, obviously,
1: but you well, know, a little bit in a positive way. But Monday morning, we came on and well, talked sure. about how everything changed they, based on Sunday night. The goal of the of a five game series when
2: you're not the home field advantage, which right. was the situation the Astros, because they won that uh, division and had a better record than the Twins, got the home field, so they had the first two and the last one with right. the Twins having yep. three and four out of five. The goal is just, and this is true of any sport that's playing a five-game series, just go there and split, right. and you then flip home field. And the Twins... They and, had,
1: and they had the pitching matchup. So right. They thought they had the pitching And match. so,
2: they it was disappointing game one in Houston. They certainly could have won that game, but they did not play well. They did not deserve to win that game. And then game two in Houston, and they come out, and Pablo Lopez is just phenomenal for seven shutout yep. innings. Just one of the great... Pitching performances in the history of the Twins playoff or otherwise, Carlos Correa also has a, a yes. brilliant game. Right. And you sit here, and we did. We were on the show. We were. I was on about an hour of sleep. <laughs> People were wondering if my brain stopped working because I was being so optimistic. <laughs> I wouldn't say it was so much optimistic about like they're going to win the series. I think we both kind of viewed it as a 50-50 right. at that point. Right. But A, just getting to 50-50 was, a, was progress given that they sure. were underdogs to begin the series. But I was more focused at the time, and we can still be focused on this, yeah. that the notion of kind of what's possible as a if you're a Twins fan right. had been fundamentally altered by yeah. that point. First by winning game one against the Blue Jays, then by sweeping the Blue Jays, and then by bouncing back from a tough game one to beat the defending champs in the way they did in right. Houston, yep. behind two of your biggest stars, all that right. stuff. yes. Uh, we did, you know, go back and listen to the Patreon. If you sign up, the archives are free, so you could go listen to it. P-A-T-R-E-O-N, patreon.com, slash Gleeman. But, and then, to the point I'm trying to make here eventually, they're in the, I would say, at minimum – they had kind of evened the series. I would argue that they were in slightly in the driver's seat because they had Sonny Gray waiting in the wings. Right. And the Astros had used up Verlander and Framber Valdez, the two starters they trusted. Well, for what it's worth, Vegas agreed with you. Yes. The,
1: the Twins, I think, were favored for both game three and game they four. They were definitely
2: favored in game three. I think for the, I don't know if they were we, totally we, no, favored we, in the series at that point.
1: No, no, not For the series, they weren't. But they were somehow favored in both game three and game four. Slight favorites in both of those.
2: Well. You're the math major, well, so I, mean, I won't, we, we I won't check, fight we, on we that We checked one. game four definitely so, yesterday. So. Well, yeah, but that, I bet that changed after game three.
1: No, we recorded after game three. Yeah, but we, you we, can't we, be favored to win both games and not be favored to win the series. Well, I'm just telling you what we saw. We You were, you were here when we read the odds yesterday. <laughs> oh, okay, but I can make <laughs> so a website that says anything. I mean, what are we looking at?
2: <laughs> I, uh well, you would have to agree with the basic math on that, right? I do. Okay. Yes, That's agree. all. Yeah. Um but then how quickly that changed was I mean that it was like startling, which is, you know, the Astros were turning to their number 3 starter, which they'd probably like him to be their 4th or 5th starter, but they've lost Lance McCullers and they've had some defection on the pitching side. They've had a right. bunch of injuries on the pitching side. Christian Javier, who has been very good in the past and has been good in the playoffs against the Twins in the past, but had like a 460 ERA, gave up a bunch of homers, raw stuff down all season, strikeouts down all season, secondary numbers down all season. And he was particularly bad against left-handed hitters. Yeah. So you thought, well, sh-
1: yeah. man, they got Just Sonny Gray have. lined right. up, yeah.
2: and they're putting out a guy that this lineup seems built to, to get to. And then for Game 4, the Twins pitching situation was not favorable at all, and we saw that play out because they removed Joe Ryan after one time through the lineup, not even eight batters. But the Astros situation, they hadn't even named a starter at that point. It kind of got revealed because they used Hunter Brown in relief and also had J.P. France (laughs) warm up at the same time. So we just process of elimination, we were like, well, it's going to be Jose Urquidy, who, similar to Javier, is a guy who has been very good in the past. And again, him and Javier, I think, piggybacked a game against the Twins in 2020 and might have, like, that was one of the wins they had over the Twins. But this year has dealt with a bunch of shoulder problems and he only threw 60-something innings and he was not very good in those 60 innings. I think he gave up 11 homers and didn't have many strikeouts and, and all that stuff. And so you look at it on paper and you say, just kind of by winning game two, the Twins were able to flip this entire series so that it's a best of three instead of a best of five, and the Twins were at home for the first two. Yep. And they had Sonny Gray lined up, and then if needed, you go back to Houston for game five, and you got Pablo Lopez, although this time he's probably going to be facing Justin Verlander. Yes, right. Um, And yet they, like you mentioned, they just could not muster (laughs) any. Obviously, Gray's first inning there. Right, yes. Alex Kirloff was a big part of that too. Yeah. Which we'll talk about him in a second. But you know, even if that doesn't happen, they scored one run. Yes. And then yesterday they scored two runs. Yep. And it it was unfortunate that you know the th- the th- the ways in which they lost so often in the first half when they were a game below five hundred, it was a frustrating first half. They were still in the mix, obviously, for the yep. AL Central, but there were just so many good pitching performances wasted. And then when they weren't, when there wasn't like a great pitching performance, they just had no shot to win because they were having trouble scoring more than like one or two yeah. two runs. And it was the same recipe, which is too many strikeouts, a lot of bad swings against off speed stuff, non fastballs, nothing coming, not being able to not punch runs ball through play when you need to. with runners in scoring position or multiple guys on base or bases loaded, that
1: sort of thing. And they and, and then just some bad luck, like a line drive that lands yeah. on second base. <laughs> you know, it's like... Right. Although you know, like, I would guess that... And good infield defense. When whether. the runs are scarce, yeah. you notice those, oh, Probably, you hit that
2: ball hard, but it got caught. Right, yeah. When you're scoring that's, runs, yeah. then that's just, oh, they made a nice play on that. When you're not scoring right. runs, it's, oh, can you believe they turned that Jeffers line drive, drive into, into a double right, play or whatever sure. it is. Um, and... It's unfortunate that they largely like eradicated that in the second half to, yeah. the, to the point that they scored the second most runs in the American League behind the Astros after the All-Star break, and that was like 70 games. I mean, they were consistently scoring yes. you know, five-plus runs a game and winning far more than they did in the first half, even though the pitching kind of took a half-step backward yep. a little bit. And then you get to the playoffs, and I'm not going to tell you the pitching was flawless because it wasn't, but obviously Lopez right. was great. And here's the thing about last night, game four. They're going to get ripped, I'm sure, probably already are. They were certainly getting ripped during the game uh, for doing basically a bullpen game. Right. And removing Joe Ryan after eight batters, two two innings, he gave up the one run on the solo home to yep. Brantley. And they just went and unloaded the bullpen. Now, we saw that coming. We laid out that sure. process yep. on the yep. show. It shouldn't have surprised anyone. I mean, I wrote about it. We talked about it. Right. And But here's ultimately – this isn't going to stop people from ripping that because people hate anything that isn't a starting pitcher going seven innings in the playoffs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But in an elimination game against – in a, a very good lineup, they allowed three runs.
1: Right. Yeah. It, and, I mean, even that was you – know. Every, that was one of the, another one of those things where everything that could go wrong. Like, you've got to pay the sure. toll to bring in the lefty. Sure. And you, you end up paying that toll versus Bray. And Bray, instead of getting a single, hits another home yes. run. Like, it's just, but,
2: I mean, that's the, the risk you're taking when you right. use six guys is that yeah. one of them's going to have a bad night or whatever. But the idea that if they'd have just stuck with Joe Ryan for a normal start, whatever that ends up being, five innings, six innings, 90 pitches, 100 pitches, sure. that he was going to lead to a game being completed – with him and two relievers or three relievers instead okay. of five relievers or six relievers, and they were going to allow fewer than three runs. I mean, who, did you watch Joe Ryan at all after June or whatever? And so that's one of the frustrating aspects of last night to me and why the lack of offense became so glaring, uh, and I really I think is probably the story of this series. I mean, there's a lot of stories of the series that we'll get to, but they, they pitched well enough last night with this crazy unorthodox plan yeah. to win, and that's with Caleb Theobar having a poor inning there and, yes, and setting right. them behind. But it doesn't. I mean, this. I feel like when we were almost defending the Blue Jays manager in a way yeah, for removing right. Barrios yeah, right. by saying, "Why are we focused <laughs> on this?" They got shut they, out. They didn't score any runs, right? Yeah, and right. so, but. But again, people hate the idea of removing starting pitchers no matter if it works or not. When it doesn't work, when the bullpen blows up, you go, "We'll see, this is what you get. And then right. when it does work for the most part, and this worked for the most part, right. it wasn't flawless. Caleb Fieldbar had a rough night in a rough series. Uh, but you allowed three runs in nine right. innings against a good lineup. Yeah. Nobody's going to care about that. It's still going to be Joe Ryan should have been allowed to. Well, Joe Ryan might have given up three homers and six runs and then you'd have been out of it. Yeah. But ultimately, it just came back to the fact that, you know, I get getting shut out by Justin Verlander even at age forty, and I was uh, I thought they would do some damage against Framber Valdes, and they did, which was very encouraging. And that's the one you know kind of forever memory game that people are going to think about. That was a great game. I mean, that was
1: just a lot of fun. I was glad I was there in Houston uh, to see that. And and I mean, it bodes well for the future of like. Beyond that, just of the postseason, for years we've been like, we got to get an ace pitcher yes, right here, Lopez, and we feel like we got an ace pitcher. Right but, I mean,
2: they put together what they put together, six runs. That's the only time they scored more than four runs in the series. And to, to struggle – and, again, I'm not saying Christian Javier and, and Jose Arquidi are bad pitchers. They have good track records. But these are not superstar guys. These right. are not guys who are pitching well recently or even this right. season. These were guys who – one of them had a 460 ERA, and I think Urquidy had a 525 mm-hmm. ERA roughly this season. I mean, these are guys that you should be doing damage on. These are guys that the Astros would have avoided if they had other better options. and We wouldn't so, have
1: seen Urquidy pitch, pitch game four if they were down 2-1. Uh, well, I'm told you would have. Yes, so. they weren't going to start Verlander. Oh, okay. There's like real. They concern. just didn't want to start him on short rest,
2: right? Okay. Basically, because he's 40. 40. Right. Yeah, I, 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 I thought I coming it. into the series we would see that. Yeah. Right. And I then think, yeah, we talked I a lot about it. Was told multiple times. And here's also I think that what played into it, the appeal of having Valdez Available pitch game five. On full rest, if you have Verlander go in Game Four on short rest, right. lost a little something when they got to the yeah, Twins got yeah, to Alvarez. Valdez. So the, or uh, Valdez, Valdez, excuse right me, they they didn't get to Alvarez much. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about him later. But and so I think yeah, it's like well, why are we pushing Verlander at age forty to start on short rest just so we can use the guy in Game Five? That's probably not as good, um, but you don't get to Game Five because you don't hit. And so that to me was the frustrating part. They were. I will still argue they were in the driver's seat. Um, you know, not a commanding. You know, whatever. They're still the defending champs, and I think that played a part too. Is it, it reminded me a little of 2020 when they played the Astros in a best of three at Target Field during the strike or the COVID shortened season, and the Astros had a losing record in that. Where they got into right, the playoffs yes, with a right, like yes. below 500 record, and a lot of their guys had poor years. A lot of these big names had poor years. Now it was only 60 games. But it didn't matter. Once the bell rung for the playoffs, they were still the same guys. And I really, I mean, Jose Abreu was a perfect example of that. Yes. Which is Jose Abreu has been a great hitter now for a decade. And before that in Cuba, he was a great hitter. He's an MVP winner. He's a right. 125 RBI guy for the White Sox. I mean, he, he killed the Twins when he was with the White Sox. But he had a miserable season. Yes. But he did kind of turn things around a little bit down the stretch, August and September, to the point that you know, I, I remember reading coming into the series, well, as a number five hitter, he can maybe be an RBI guy and he's at least the bat speed's picked up a little bit. Well, he just I mean he killed him. Right. Yep. And obviously Jordan Alvarez killed him too, but that's expected. I mean he he kills everybody. Right. But yeah, it did kind of and Verlander being forty and then he threw sh- throws six shutout and all that. <laughs> It it did remind me of 2020 and just the idea of, you know, they're the champs for the for a reason. And I was sitting there last night watching Arcidi shut down the Twins, talking to Doe, who was on Doehang Park from MLB, who was on my on my right, and saying, "I mean, look, if Javier and Arcidi are going to be good now, yeah, they're without question the World Series favorites at this point. For sure. I mean, certainly in the American League, but." Uh, and, and The so, way things are going in the National League Yeah you know, no, <laughs> right? The Dodgers get knocked out in three games by Arizona But right. So it's like Well the Twins we knew they were stepping up In weight class going from Toronto To sure. Houston as an opponent sure. They're the defending champs. You look up and down that lineup and at the top of the rotation, and it's and not been, just big names. They made
1: names. the ALCS now seven years in a row. Yeah, seven <laughs> years. I mean, that is incredible. That's an incredible. It's the second
2: football. longest streak ever, I think. Really? I
1: heard. It's got to be the Yankees right? from like 30s like the 30s or something. I feel like it was like the Braves or something. <laughs> oh, it might have been the Braves. From the 90s. Yeah, it might uh, have been right. I don't know.
2: I'm not 100% on that. But, I mean, it's incredible. Like, yeah. you know, the in retrospect, you know, they might have been theoretically in the driver's seat, but you still had a real fight on yeah, your hands. Yeah. And you know the you stepped up in weight class, but you know maybe the the heavyweight you were facing was a little bit stronger than you thought he was going to be. Yeah. He had a little bit more you know moxie, or you knocked him down once and he got right back up, and you thought, oh boy, yeah. this guy's the champ for a reason. And that's was kind of my takeaway here. I mean, I have no doubt it was a it became a frustrating series. You never like to take home field advantage, split on the road with a great game, come back home in a position to really take control and lose back-to-back. I mean, that's a very frustrating way to lose it. But at no point really in this series – I mean, I think we can safely say they lost to a better team. I think so. And also, I think the Twins, aside from game two – Listen, they definitely lost to a better team if that's what Javier and Urquidy are going to be the rest of them. Whatever whatever they saw. Now, look, how much of the Twins' lack of good hitting caused them to look good, but I'm willing to believe it's a mixture of of both. I mean, I will say from a a metrics uh, and pitch movement standpoint, both of those guys – What we saw did not resemble their numbers during the regular season. Like, his slider was breaking, his changeup was breaking, and it was like, okay. And given Houston's history. Well, yeah. (laughs) I mean, maybe they just got healthy. I mean, who knows? But, and so, not that there's any comfort in just saying, well, the Twins weren't going to win that series. I mean, it was just, they were facing a better team. I also just think, other than Pablo Lopez, and, you know, Correa had a good series overall, but it was, largely the first couple games sure which is fine yep, yep, i mean we're not parsing right. four games into two games and you get the, right. julian had a great series yeah he did uh including he's the only one who really put up a fight yesterday yep, yep. uh hit the ball great to right yes. center and then great to left center yep. um, and then royce lewis obviously had a great series yes uh hitting home runs and coming back at third base yesterday right um or the last two games two and two stealing days. a base and stealing a base. He would have had two steals, <laughs> but one got uh, overturned because it was a called strike. Oh, yeah. And then he stole another one later. That,
1: yeah. Uh, well, that, yeah, actually, that was the one I was talking okay, about.
2: Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs>
1: yeah, I guess he didn't actually steal one. He got, a, yeah, he got that, one that taken away the on left, the, left, uh, Ke- the Kepler. Kepler inside strike. Yeah, terrible. Unbelievably bad call.
2: But I guess so. I don't think the Twins. I think they lost to a better team. I think they lost to a championship team. That is not close to being done, or not as close to being done as the ages and maybe the regular season performance right. would suggest. Which is always a risk when you play the a dynastic team. Yep. You think to yourself, "Well, we're, we could be the ones to end it," and then you think, "No, no, somebody's going to have to end this later because yep. uh, they're still good." <laughs> yeah. But I'll, also, I just I don't think the Twins played anywhere near their best. And if you want to beat the defendant, if you want to beat the man, you got to be the man, and you're not going to win a lot of series against a great team like the Astros. You know, big picture, great team. I don't right. know what you just mean yep. by kind of playing your C game or even your B game. And two, there were only a few game two, and then a few other instances, kind of sections of games where I thought the Twins played their A game or anything close to their A game. And it's disappointing because throughout the second half, an awful lot they played their A game, yeah. and they just didn't. I didn't think they were as sharp on any phase. I mean, the offense struggled. I thought the pitching, other than Lopez. Now, they pieced it together yesterday. was pretty good. Sonny Gray's first outing was pretty good. Right, but then... Well, second Sonny Gray's first outing was against Toronto. Yeah. No, you're yeah. talking about, about Houston. Yeah. I got you. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, he just didn't... You know, the Kirloff error. They just... They weren't sharp in, in the ways they needed to be sharp. And, you know, most of the lineup struggled. Three guys kind of tried to carry things. Two rookies, which is yep. kind of what yep. we saw all right. season. Um, but I will... Before we get into like more I don't know details and stuff, but some specifics and everything. The one thing I want to come back to is what we talked about after game two, because I think it absolutely still applies. And the fact that I still feel this way after they lost two at home, I think kind of proves my point, or maybe just shows I'm stubborn. <laughs> uh, which is this was a disappointing way to end the series. But between the Toronto sweep and game two and just playing out this series and, you know, swinging at the the, yep. the heavyweight champ. I think it's undeniable that the kind of, I don't know, the idea of what's possible, like I said, for the Twins and their fans needs to have, should have fundamentally changed. And I don't mean that they're going to enter next season as the World Series favorites or anything, but we ought to be done with 0-18. We they're- ought to be done with you know 2002 yeah. we ought to be done with the overall idea of this black cloud that 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 you know is just above the twins at all time we we should be done with the idea of well yeah they signed this guy seems like a good move but who cares they'll just lose in the playoffs well now there's proof of concept that they've won in the playoffs and I'm not saying they just had some massive success they won three games they won six total playoff games
1: in the last 30 w- years but they also went three and three in the postseason versus some pretty good teams yeah like that that's you know it was we talked a little bit about monday about how the difference after that game felt like you know they also just now we're back to it's just baseball and sometimes you yes. win and sometimes you lose they're just a normal and, team right. that's right with normal ups and downs and right. there's going to be heartbreak and yep. there's going to be pain and there's going to th- be times where the bats just absolutely yes. fall apart for a two game stretch and you hope it doesn't happen during the postseason now they're just a right.
2: normal good but not great team trying to scratch and claw
1: their way to the next round it's probably going to end badly. And tra- and trying to get better in the offseason. Right. <laughs> yeah, well, and yeah. I think
2: that's the the thing. Like I, talking to some of the <laughs> the Twins uh, front office people and yeah. stuff is like they feel like, all right, now we're at an, a different kind of starting point yeah, here yeah, going into the offseason. I agree. Because now it's not the woes me, you know, what does it matter, all that sort of things that you hear from the fan base and media. And it starts to creep into players and all that stuff. Now it's, all right, we took care of the Blue Jays. Did we fight the Astros exactly as well as we hoped? No, but we did we put up a fight. Right, yeah. There was not a sweep, there was not a, all this stuff. They certainly could have won last night. I would argue yes. they probably should have won last night. Yeah. Um and now we can look at this team like you said, it doesn't have to be always in the context of this massive Decades long, right. you know, we weren't even responsible for this thing, but it hangs over us, or it's the monkey on our back, and now it can just be, well, we're just a good but not great team that had a little bit of uh, we're success. Gonna, we're
1: going to play a game, and sometimes we're going to win, and sometimes right. we're going to lose. Right? And now, yeah. he, I, I would say the goal should probably be next year. It'd be nice to get to this point and be favored to win the ALDS, yes, exactly. Like that, you know that yeah. that that is the next step. Is that when you get run into a team, either you are you know good enough during the regular season that you're the team that has the buy. That's or, true, right? Yeah. Or you know, you are you know favored. They were actually favored, I think, versus Toronto in that series. And now uh, yeah. to be, and you know, to they get to the ALDS, they face another team, and they say, "Well, if it, if you're not favored, it's at least a split." Yeah, you, you know? want to be the you want to be the
2: the team. Another team's moving up in weight class and feeling right. like, "Oh, maybe we it. can take a swing at them." And I think
1: there's gonna be opportunities. We'll talk about that throughout the offseason. But first, yeah, let's there's go plenty of
2: time to talk about what they need to do uh, in the coming weeks months yeah. but, but first
1: first let's talk about a couple of quick sponsors here uh you've heard a lot about ai and some of the amazing things it can do all the different factors it can uh determine and do a result uh of course somebody immediately thought we should use that for gambling and that somebody is odds are o-d-d-s-r which is an app that you can download and we've been uh, we've been taking a look at it uh it's doing real well on some of these football bets uh it's uh, it's just an app that you download, and it uses AI and machine learning to suggest smart sports bets. So you've got one tab on there that has basically all the games of the day, and it has the point spread, and it has the uh, money line, and it has the over-under. And most of those, it has, next to it, are red. Most of them are red, saying, you know, we probably wouldn't bet on this. But some of them are yellow, and some of them are green. And those green ones are the ones that are saying, these are the ones that we think that you should probably right. bet on. It's not actually
2: a betting app. It's sort right. of a betting research app or a betting... Uh, aid yeah. to, to say here's the numbers we've crunched, here's the data we've kind of calculated, here are some, you know, picks that we think are good, and if you, it also just helps you research, even if you don't want their picks and you just want to look at the numbers behind something and make your own, it, it helps you do that, and,
1: and and even if you aren't a better yet or maybe you're just doing like a recreational something, or not, it's good to take a look at and you can do it free for a month yes, we have a
2: uh, just for Gleeman and the Geek listeners, you can download the app at oddsr.com slash gleeman, which is O-D-D-S-R, like the letter R, mm-hmm. oddsr.com slash gleeman, and you get, uh, what,
1: 30 days free, right? That's right. right. To yep. give it a shot. Yep. So download the app at oddsr. Oddsr.com com slash Gleeman and get 30 days free, 30 days free just for Gleeman the Geek listeners.
2: Uh, our next sponsor is HelloFresh. And uh, you may have seen John on uh, social <laughs> media posting these uh, beautiful pictures of these plates that he's uh, cooking up yeah. and eating. Very Instagrammable. Yeah. Or uh, tweetable. I mean,
1: not only is it easy and yeah, you know, we'll go through all the different advantages, but they also kind of look fancy.
2: Yeah. <laughs> so the way it works with HelloFresh is... They will send you, first of all, they have an, a, a website where you can go on and they have uh, many different menus that change weekly. Right. And there's, if you have a, a family, there's a menu f- that you know kids might like. Right, yeah. If right. you're vegetarian, they have a vegetarian menu. Right. If you're just a guy who likes steaks, they got two or burgers <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> yeah, right. Like you can kind of pick and choose <laughs> and tailor it and you can say, well, I don't like eating this, but I do like eating that. And so you pick the menu. There's all kinds yep. of different choices. Then they send it to you in very good packaging. It's all pre-portioned. Uh, you know, f- right. It's, you know, come what needs to be frozen is frozen. Everything else is portioned out. And it comes with this is why I like it recipe, but it's more like step by step instructions with pictures. Right. So that they go, uh, well, we need you to, you know, sh- shave some of the, like, uh, yeah, yeah. We, we need you to uh, grate the ginger. Yeah. And I'm like, <laughs> well, what is ginger? I don't know. <laughs> I thought that was from uh, Gilligan's Island. Yeah. <laughs> And I'll be like, okay, I can match this picture up with it. And I will say that as in in the bonus ho- household, you guys are decent cooks. You cook a lot sure. for yourselves. In the uh, Gleeman Fate household, we uh, we don't cook anything, but we cook hello fresh. And I've been like uh, pleasantly surprised with how good of a meal we can make with no cooking ability whatsoever. And so if you're like me, if you are like the bonuses and you just like to cook, yeah. it's a great thing to save time. You don't have to go grocery shopping. It's very convenient. Yes. If you're like us and you don't know how to cook, it can almost be like a little bit of a cooking class.
1: Yeah. Especially especially right now when school has started and everything's crazy around there. It's an easy way to take it there. So you just so, go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Gleeman. It's five zero G L gleeman And use the code 50Gleeman and you're going to get 50% off Plus 15% off for the next two months. So, again, go to HelloFresh.com slash 50gleeman, 50gleeman, and use the code 50gleeman for 50% off, plus 15% off the next two months. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. Okay. okay.
2: So, when we say stuff like, oh, it should change, kind of, you know, remove this dark cloud or the monkey off the back. So, I, had a, I heard every cliche from a <laughs> player and all that. I agree with that. Um, <coughs> You know, they were not picked to win this division. In a lot of places, they were picked third to win this division. They were definitely at best picked second in terms of, like, consensus. Mm -hmm. They'll be the favorite this year. Yeah, I agree with that. We can talk about the future a little bit, too. I got a couple notes on that. But they end up kind of waltzing to the division title. Yeah, They win by nine games. And certainly, if they wanted to, they could have won by double digits. Mm -hmm. And they had it wrapped up basically first or second week of September, all but wrapped up. I mean – to the point that they could rest some guys and they, you know, all that. So, right there, that's, you know, you're above expectations. Their over under was 83.5. They blew that away with a week to spare, basically. Yeah. Then they go into the first round. You're hosting home games, which is always great. You haven't won a playoff game in 19 years. You're owing 18. They win a playoff game. And you got second game. Well, you haven't won a playoff series in 21 years since 02. Right. I remember watching that Oakland series. In my dorm room at the University of Minnesota. <laughs> yeah. I was on the phone with my uncle for the last like three innings. Just right. Because we yeah. were in Oakland. Right. And I couldn't, I mean, I, I guess I was 19. And, uh, and as anybody who's seen me lately, I'm not 19 anymore. <laughs> and then they win that. And you take care of that. You as knock as that shit Memorialized in Moneyball. Yes. That's right. That's how long ago that <laughs> yeah, was. Right. Yep. Um, and then they knocked that out. And, you know, they weren't able to accomplish what they wanted to accomplish, obviously, against Houston. But I do think they put up a fight. I do absolutely think they could have and should have one last night. I mean, look, they shouldn't have laid an egg in the first the sunny gray game, obviously, but they right. did. Yes, and even then, they bounced back enough, at least from a pitching standpoint, to that they absolutely could have forced a game five. And that that kind of sits with me, where it's like, you know, maybe they get to a game five in Houston, would and they get shut down by Justin Verlander. Right. But the idea of a prime time winner go home. Double, you know, double sided elimination game Lopez with Pablo versus, Lopez versus, oh. versus Justin Verlander in primetime. I do time. feel a
1: little robbed. I'm not gonna yes. lie, I feel robbed by that. I mean, just the
2: yep. emotional highs and lows of that, yep. I'd have had to hop my ass back on a plane to Houston. <laughs> I would have done it for it. Um, that I feel like that was the kind of half step they were missing. They did a lot yep, of really good yep. things, and they created a lot of really good moments in the series. That
1: much more I wanted.
2: Yes, that <laughs> I think would have been kind of win, lose, or draw yep. as the the mark of a successful series. Yep. I do think absolutely, even without that, it was a successful season. Oh sure. I mean, to me, there's no doubt about that. I, when you, I
1: uh, I was debating somebody with somebody yesterday. Fifth best season in Minnesota Twins history. Fifth best season in history. 1963 years. This is their fifth best season. Yes, true or false? Mm, well, yeah, we got put it behind 87, 91, 65. Right. I put it behind 2002 where they made the ALCS. Yes. What else do you put it behind? I mean, like, there was like, what, 70 when they won? See, it's tricky because yeah, uh, some of those right. early
2: years, there weren't playoff rounds, yeah. basically. So you just lose to the Baltimore Orioles. I guess, I guess
1: though, that, that was officially ALCS in seventy, right. But they got swept in both of those series. Well, yeah, but they got swept. Swept yep. by, like, a dynastic. Uh, it yeah. was always the Orioles. Uh,
2: yeah, I mean, I don't think that's, like, crazy. I'd have to take a further look. But, I mean, obviously, that doesn't say much about the Twins playoff history. <laughs> that, that, <laughs> no, that's true. But I, I just think, yeah, I mean, I don't think that's insane to say that. I'd probably maybe one or two spots lower. But whatever. I, I think they beat expectations during the regular season. They finished much stronger than they started which I think is something that hasn't always been true in recent years. And and leaves
1: you with a good feeling going into 2024 sure. and into the offseason.
2: You took care of business against the Blue Jays in a rare series, playoff series where you were actually yeah. favored. Yep. And then you put up enough of a fight against the Astros, not the fight they wanted to put up, but in my opinion, at least enough of a fight that you can say, all right, they were, you know, they got up off they have to be a knockdown in game one. They came through in game two. I would have certainly liked to see them split one of these two at home. That should have absolutely been the goal. Not doing that is a huge disappointment. Uh, and then yeah, you, you want to get to game five and just give Pablo Lopez right. a chance to yep. be magical again. Yep. And they that they didn't do that is a huge disappointment. I think. But overall, you won a lot more games than people projected you would win. You won a division that as many people picked you for third as they would have to win it. Certainly. Yep. Uh, you you knocked out these two horrendous historic streaks. You don't have to be on those lists anymore, yep. uh, actively at least. <laughs> and then <laughs> yeah. you know you came up short against Houston. But even with that, I think this series. My hope is, and I can tell you as someone who covered it and went to Houston and watched those two games, like it. it there were moments in this series, and I think there's value in just playing a five, like a four game series, should have been a five game series. Of this is what it takes. And talking to some players after last night's game, that was – so many guys said that. Right. Now I got a taste of it. Now I know the speed of the playoffs and how quick right. things change yep. and what it's going to take to actually knock out this heavyweight over and over again. And every guy, Julian was talking about this, Joe Ryan was – it's like, oh, well, now I now I see what this is. I got to yep. get right. back here. And that's Correa's whole thing too. I guess we, we were uh, not allowed into the clubhouse for a little bit after the game. There were obviously some speeches, some hugs, some crying, whatever. Correa gave a speech, and I think it sounds like the he kind of recapped it for us, but he basically said, now this is what you're shooting for. Remember this feeling, because now you know how special this can be, and if you're like me, and he talked last season, I never want to miss the playoffs again after missing it last season. He said, I was miserable. He said, my wife told me this is the most miserable I've ever seen. He (laughs) was on TBS doing – You know, post-game stuff and just thinking about, I can't miss this again. I'm born for, like, this is what I need to do. And now I think the hope is a bunch of other guys on this team now have the bug. And Joe Ryan said something funny last night. He said basically, like, I don't know how I'm going to care about the regular season anymore. (laughs) He's like, you know, it is what it is. It's still difficult. It's the big leagues. I'm not trying to (laughs) say that I can dominate without that. But I just want to be right back here. Like, I want to experience where everything means Everything, yeah, like where every pitch and every inning and every game can swing wildly and it's not just, oh, we lost, we'll get them tomorrow. It's, oh, we lost, now we're the underdog or, oh, we won and we're in the driver's seat. And I think that was – it was interesting kind of seeing that reaction just – Man to man, going around this room, and they were all just like, "Oh, now I've got the playoff bug. Now I got to get back here." Even a guy like Julian, yeah. who a lot of times Julian's just seems like, "Oh, I'm yes. ha- kind of happy to be here," yeah, yeah, yeah. and he's like, "Why? Oh, we got to get back here." Like, this. <laughs> and I think to watch him and Lewis, who have been so good and right. so, yeah. uh, you know, spirit raising on and off the field as rookies, to have them both just have great postseasons. Um, is so promising. Now yeah. I would have loved if Walner could have joined the party too, I and mean, he really, he, he did really not did not. Uh, but I, I think that <laughs> Well, wants true too. We can talk about <laughs> Kirilov because there's. I, I think we're. Uh, that's going to get worse before it gets better. I think is uh, what the situation with
1: with Kirilov is. But let me just uh, yeah, yeah, uh, while you're talking about things that changed or that came out of this, I would also just suggest you know, for the first time the twins kind of the twins fans kind of claimed a target field. Yes. You know, the players uh, that, that, also, by the way, endlessly talked about that. Baldelli, after his final like uh, podium thing, yeah.
2: didn't even get a question about it and just said, I just want to say, by the way, I wish we could have done this
1: for the fans because they were incredible. Yeah. Like, I mean, 2019, 2020. 2019 was a great year, and I really felt that that was going to be a great year to watch playoff baseball. No, it was nothing compared to the postseason right. that what I experienced in game one versus Toronto and game four uh, yeah the fourth game there yesterday the, yeah it was just I agree it was nuts yeah I agree and the the sad part
2: was especially these two home games here yeah the crowd was these two last two home games the crowd was very into it yes from start to finish. And there were points where, even when they were down and it wasn't looking good, you could you could feel the crowd trying to like pull them back into it. You know, you'd get to two strikes on a batter, or you'd put a guy on base, and everything. And every time, it would immediately go bad. Yes. Someone would get doubled off. Someone would strike out. Yep. Uh, someone would hit you know a homer for the Astros. <laughs> right, and yeah. Just the air got let out of every balloon that got inflated. And I thought that stunk, but for all that, but, but
1: they just kept pumping yes, it back up. I again. agree. Uh, Nick Nelson had a great picture from end of near end of game three, where like, just for the record, this is Target Field when they're down right. six to one, and you had the entire stands on their feet leaning into the game. I mean, it's just yeah. And I heard from people who were like, "Do you think uh, Baldelli and everybody are
2: just sort of pandering by constantly talking about the crowd?" I mean, maybe, but I'll say this: they said this stuff off microphone to us, right? Like. Yes. Uh, players
1: said this. They felt the electricity
2: in, yep. in conversations they didn't think was was going to be written
1: about. Like yeah. you know what I mean. When they're talking about this, is what the playoffs feel like. What the postseason yes. feels like. This is part of what they're talking yes. about. This is an aspect of what they're talking right. about as well. Uh, and
2: so then, playing off that, I would say another real shame of this is. Texas swept Baltimore, which means that if the Twins had somehow forced the game five and Pablo Lopez had come through again, the Twins would be hosting the ALCS against the Rangers, against whom they went five and two during the regular season. Now, the Rangers Mm -hmm. are on fire right now. But that, I mean, imagine even three weeks ago, me saying to you, there's a scenario where the Twins are going to host the ALCS. You'd be like, uh, how much peyote did we do? (laughs) Um, Here's the... (laughs) I thought this was an interesting, potentially, just a way, you know, what's more to blame? Hitting, pitching, you know, we've been kind of breaking it down. It's game by game, obviously. But here, the four games against the Astros, here's their runs allowed. Here's what the pitching did. Six, Yeah. well, you should lose that one. And they yeah, did. Right, yeah. uh, two, they won that one. That was game two. Right. It was Brock Stewart give up to home Homer, to uh, Jordan Alvarez. Right. Then nine, you should lose that one. And then three. Now, I'm not going to say you should win with three because certainly in the playoffs against a good team, you're going to lose allowing three runs more than you would in the regular season. But you look at that, six, two, nine, three, that should be two and two. Yeah. You know, just if you get competent offense, if you get four runs per game offensively, you go two and two, and we're talking about a game five tomorrow. Yeah. But here's what the offense did. Four. Yeah. Now you lost that because you gave up six. (laughs) Uh, Six, which is the game they won, six to two, and then one, two. And, you know, maybe you say four, six, one, two. You could go two and two also, although the four is a little light to be kind of chalk that up to a win. So I would say the pitching pitched well enough to go two and two. The hitting probably kind of went one and three or maybe one and a half and two and a half if we're really parsing it. And that's sort of how it felt to me. I don't think either we're, were good. Are good enough consistently, aside from Lopez, Julian, yeah. Lewis, Correa, the, the true like three or four standout performers. There were some good bullpen performances too. I was going to
1: say what you know what I think if you would have um, if we'd have talked beginning of September about this, what would have surprised us most about the series is how good the bullpen yeah. was, and they were building and, and, this and, and, in and not September. just this series, also Toronto, same thing, right? right. Just yeah. uh, you know they built on it, they built on it, and. Uh, you know some of the performances that we have seen, either in the regular season or yesterday in the postseason, uh, gets me excited about the starting rotation next year too. Like Chris Paddock just looked Chris so Paddock good, looked looked just phenomenal. Just, and just, I will say that so and P- Varlin looked so good in the regular season, not so much not so much in the right. two games of the Blue Jays, but yeah, I, I talked to um, Derek Falvey
2: on the field before Game Three. three. Yep. Uh, about paddock and he hadn't even pitched the second time yet he had just pitched the once and falvey was like he's so far beyond what kind of our wildest hopes were coming back from a second tommy john just in terms of command and being able to throw strikes and that's often something that's slow to come back for a guy and he's saying the stuff is huge like he's throwing 97 now as a starter maybe he's throwing 94 95 but that's still impressive but the changeup looks as good as it did before surgery, which was always an elite changeup. Yep. His breaking ball looks a little bit better. They've kind of tinkered with it to change the the shape of that a little bit. And Favio was like, he's just back to being a guy who throws strikes, and now the stuff is better. Right. The key with him, obviously, in the rotation next year, which is where he'll be. You know, can he make thirty starts? Can he throw one hundred sixty five, one hundred seventy five innings? Will they have to sort of skip him a turn or two, or put him on the IL for you know iffy reasons or whatever it is? Because, you know, he's coming back from two two TJ surgeries. It's like he's not going to give you 185 innings. But, yeah, that's extremely promising for not only next season, the season after yeah. that. And, there were yeah, like th- for the most part, what they were trying to build towards in September with the bullpen were getting guys back, adding Varlin as a reliever, getting Paddock back, getting Brock Stewart back. You know, Maeda, I thought, was underwhelming. Yeah. Um Yeah. But he's also 35 and five years removed from being good in the in the bullpen right, for the yes. Dodgers. But for the most part, especially just from like a raw stuff standpoint, the high-octane arms that they were just trotting out in that bullpen, and we saw it last night, where yes. they just got seven innings. Yep, yep. And uh, by the way, think of the last month of the season, how many conversations we had about Johan Duran. Yes, right. And, oh, is he trustworthy? Is he shaky yeah. he was lights out yeah. in the playoffs two
1: innings yeah right. yeah i mean yep. he
2: he closed two both games against toronto yep. and then he was f- flawless uh when given a chance against houston they would have obviously liked to hand him the ball right. with a lead in the ninth
3: yeah.
2: uh you know i i was sitting next to john krasinski and i said well okay you're about to see a fun intro <laughs> it'd be a lot <laughs> right, more yeah. fun if it was yeah. an inning later and they right. had the lead yeah, but right. it was good to see the uh you know the lights go down and everything like that um also, I should have said this at the top, but uh, I feel like I just want to thank people <laughs>
1: yes. for
2: coming along for the ride with us all season, but especially in the playoffs. Um, you know, we pretty consistently all year now have been every week a top five and often like a top two or three baseball podcast in the entire country. Uh, i know our just raw numbers are so far beyond where we were three or four years ago even uh and then the patreon side which i know a lot of you guys have signed up during the playoffs and i yes, hope you stick right. with us i will say there's no reason to like cancel it because if we scale back in the <laughs> yes, off season and yeah. you're going to be charged you know two bucks a month or three bucks a month or something like that but right. um i really enjoyed doing that even mm-hmm. though
1: you even know, though it was a lot of 7 a.m. 7 a.m. Yeah. staring across from John or being on a Zoom
2: from a yes. hotel in Houston or whatever. Uh, yeah. But it was really fun to, you know. Share. to to Yeah, to to feel hey, like, I, oh, man, we're getting together at 7 a.m. And we're going to talk about this. And then thousands of people are going to listen yeah. to this. And it was yeah. almost like a – it almost felt like kind of a get-together yeah, even though yeah. obviously we're just recording it. There is a communion to it. Yes. You know, and we're commuting. I just felt like it was fun to break down these games with the level of detail that we did. Yeah. both in previewing right. it, and then it was fun to have previewed certain things about Gaussman or about Barrios or about Framber Valdez and to watch them yes, play out yes, and to right. be like, hey, we
1: talked about that two yeah. days ago. We've and actually sort of avoided on the Patreon just doing single shows about single yes, games up until this, the postseason. During the regular season right. it's like... of them. There's of them, right? <laughs> <laughs> <of> it's right? <laughs> <That's laughs> a funny one. mistake yeah, to yeah, right. Uh <laughs> John's trying to petition uh, uh, I don't want to talk about that rain, rain out. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Um. Yeah, there's just too. No you're not going to do that, but I think now we probably will do that a little more of that. Like Maybe like some big games, like versus a, a big series or something like. That. I could see us doing something like that. It's funny. But yeah,
2: I just wanted to. I know I do this a lot, um, but I'm I'm grateful. I I posted a little thing about this as I was about to leave the ballpark last night. You know, it, it we we've been through a lot here <laughs> as Twins fans in terms of covering bad teams, covering teams that disappoint in the playoffs but we've also been through a lot i mean john and i both started doing this in 2002 like i said i was <laughs> yeah, 19 yeah. john was uh, only 70 at that time um, and we started in a manner that to call it untraditional or non-traditional would be like the understatement of the millennium like it it was nothing it was right, just yes, blogging right. like that the right. blogs aren't even a thing now but it's like I, I remember the first time i got
1: like 20 people reading, right. my, reading my, my story and yeah it, right. it's
2: incredible now to you know have players come up to me and say talk about the podcast and stuff like when you're gonna or front office guys talking about oh i was listening to the podcast and you said this sometimes i'd rather they didn't listen but (laughs) it's and it's incredible i know i mentioned this but then john experienced it walking around target field (laughs) i experienced it sitting my ass in the press box just a number of people who came up and were just happy to see us or wanted to say they listened to the show that morning or i I was walking in people were i was on the plane (laughs) to houston three people on the plane to houston while they were walking past me showed me on their phone that they had the podcast and it was just it's incredible if 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 we would have told O2 us or even 5 years ago us yes, right. honestly yes, right yeah we would have been like oh, bs no right. no no uh and so i'm i'm very grateful and thankful for that and you guys have turned this and we're, we got more to talk about but i just wanted to say this before i forgot you guys have t- supported us in this and you've supported Twins Daily, and you've supported my work at the Athletic, and the this podcast, and the Patreon podcast, and when John does live events, or when we used to do live events together. Yeah. I mean, there's no question now. John doesn't have to worry: is anybody going to show up to this thing? Well, yeah, it's going to be sold out. <laughs> it's be 200 every two hundred people, I'm going
1: to have a minute to myself. To, to just <laughs> yeah. to
2: just think about that, and I just never imagined that was possible. And so, I I never want to like lose sight of that because it's I, we try hard. Yeah, and right. we put a lot of time and energy and and, and emotion into this and just
1: – But a lot of people try a lot of stuff really yes. hard and put a lot of emotion to it. It doesn't all turn and out like this. For some reason, it's I'm just a, thankful yeah.
2: that it, it, it clicked for a lot of people yep. and we continue to grow because um, it's, it's easy to want to do it more when you look and – 6 months earlier you had 20% less audience right, yes, and a year earlier it was 40% per- and it's it's just the growth of it is incredible and I just I want to thank everyone for listening whether you listen to the free show occasionally whether you listen to the free show every week and you subscribe to the Patreon whether you're saying hi to us at the ballpark and going to events or you're just yeah you yeah, you yeah. listen after the playoffs yeah. once I, I honestly mean this like thank you you've changed you've changed our lives but you've changed like the way we approach this whole thing and we have some plans coming yep. up here for the off season and next season that are just different, fundamentally different than they would have been three years ago or yes. five years ago. Uh, and I just, I don't know, I want to say thank you for that before we kind of lose sight of the magic that was this season and start yes. to look ahead to well, what number three starters should they sign? And all that. Okay, I got <laughs> which we will b- be doing, <laughs> but yeah, absolutely. <laughs> what, this it, the train keeps rolling. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, yeah. We, I got a bunch of other notes. From the series, from the playoffs, and then also looking ahead. But first, yeah,
1: let's talk a little bit about one of our sponsors, one of the sponsors that sponsored us over and over and over again, BetterHelp. Uh, listen, we're big believers, I think, in uh, therapy and in seeking out when you decide you need some additional help, you need somebody to talk yes. to, you need some to work through some things. That is by itself a huge obstacle to overcome. Yes. If and then you wake t- up one day and think today would be a good day to
2: talk to somebody or to get some help, yeah. you, you don't want anything to kind of bump you off that path. And too right. often, because of the way insurance works and because right. of trying to schedule things in person and all that, you can get bumped off that path. BetterHelp really kind of streamlines that process. Within usually 48 hours, they can set you up with a real licensed therapist that can help whatever specific thing you're looking to get. And then the thing I like about it is – if you want to do a video call, they can set you up with a video call. If you're like I don't want to be on camera, they can set up with a phone call. If you're like me and you hate being on the phone, you can just do a, a chat, like a you know, text chat. Yeah. They will kind of tailor it to whatever you need with a real licensed therapist. They can set it up quickly yep. so that if you're in the mood to get some help, you can actually get some help. A little it, more
1: affordable, too, yes. because it's online. Yep. Uh,
2: so let therapy be your map with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Gleeman today. You'll get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P, BetterHelp.com slash Gleeman.
1: And finally, our final sponsor, I can't tell you how many people I talked to over the last – Two weeks. Yeah, that I used the, the game time app. Yeah, I heard. I from mean, <laughs> I haven't. Mean. Person so after we, person after person, like, hold it. What's that website? Uh, no, no, it's not a website. Yes. It's an app. app. You download the Game Time app, and they have tickets, and they have uh, you know, hard to find tickets. They have uh, last minute, last minute tickets, which is great for playoffs we, when was, you don't even know the time of the game until was, the night before. Sometimes I can't tell you how many people I was like, I checked the Game Time app and ended up at the game over yes. these last two games. Last minute tickets, grab those tickets. So, uh, you know, just because the twin season is over, doesn't mean you're not going anyplace. The True. winter's coming. They have concerts. Yeah. Right. And they also have football games, obviously. Wolves are starting up. Wolves are going up, to some right. of those games. Yeah. Wild kicks off their season tonight. Okay. Yeah. Maybe, I think.
2: I know that because I read Michael <laughs> Russo. Sorry. Um, download the Game Time app on your phone. You can take the guesswork out of buying tickets. You could just create an account when you download it. You use the code Gleeman, and you'll get $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply, but just create an account on the Game Time app, redeem the code GLEEMAN, G L E E M A N. You get $20 off, download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. All right. So, uh, let's see what, what we <laughs> haven't. Uh, I mean, we kind of talked about Alvarez and Abreu just really destroyed the twins. Yeah. I mean, it was Alvarez early, Abreu late. Yeah. yeah. Uh, though I mean, look, those are both The other Abreu was pretty good too. <laughs> yeah. Out of the bullpen, <laughs> you're right. Uh I mean, I don't know what to say about Alvarez at this point. It's it's not coming out of nowhere. I mean, it's like I said, it's like Michael Jordan scoring 35, you go, yeah, he's done that before, he'll do that again. I think there were some moments last night Pablo Lopez shut him down or at least you get a sense of, well, this guy's human, but he ended up hitting, I don't know, he hit 440 or something for the series. Right. He had like a 1400 slugging percentage, not OPS, slugging percentage. And then all of a sudden, Abreu starts getting on fire too. And it's like, oh, wow, I don't know. I don't know what you do. I felt for Caleb Theobar. Throughout this series, right. um, you know, I called him Craig ELO when we were d- using the Michael Jordan <laughs> analogy, which <laughs> yeah, is yeah, yeah. somebody's got to guard Michael Jordan, and yeah. it's a it's a great compliment if you were an NBA player in the yeah. '80s or the '90s to have your coach say you you're going to guard Michael Jordan. We <laughs> right. feel like you're the best bet. You're the the best athlete. You're the best. You're the hardest worker. You got the yeah. best hands. Whatever it is, but it's a compliment that comes with an impossible assignment, and everyone's going to think you did horribly, no matter yeah, what. Yeah, right. And I felt like that was the situation that Caleb Theora put in. Somebody has to come in and face in the middle innings or the late innings, Jordan Alvarez, who's probably the best or second best left-handed hitter in the world. And then Kyle Tucker, who's probably like the fifth best left-handed hitter in the world. (laughs) And then, as we saw in this series, the guy after those two was Jose Abreu, who's a right-handed hitter, which is a bad matchup for any lefty because he looked cooked for most yes, of the season yes. he certainly he doesn't it. look cooked right now yeah. or even in august and september he was pretty good and so theobar was brought in multiple times you know obviously he gave up the homer uh to Jordan alvarez in in uh houston although that game they would have lost that game even if, if he didn't give up the homer right. and then i don't want to say he did well against them because okay. you know he didn't really shut them down but right. it was a breu at the back end of that matchup that he was brought into yep. that hurt him yesterday yep. and we talked to theobar who's you know a minnesota guy he's 36 years old uh i think he was born in northfield and he grew up in randolph i mean this right. yeah, you talk to caleb theobar for two minutes and you go this is a minnesota guy right uh he's just the prototypical and he was so thrilled when they beat the Blue Jays and he played a part in it, he got that key double play and he pitched a scoreless inning and he was so thrilled to be a part of it, not just because he's helping his team, but because he knows he's a Minnesotan. (laughs) He said something. I I don't have the exact quote, but he goes, everything that every fan has been through that I've been through that too. I was a fan. I'm still a fan. Like I'll retire at some point and I'll just be a twins fan for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And to see him struggle in this series and be trusted in, key spots and and bad matchups against really good players to try to go out there and guard Michael Jordan and to have him struggle. And I just felt for him. He asked for he – I mean, he was a stand-up guy. He stood up at his locker and he answered questions. And the questions were stuff like, how do you feel? And he said, I feel terrible Terrible. right now. (laughs) And he just kept saying – and this is what really made me sad for him is he kept saying, I cost us a chance to get back there for game five. Which is what we've been that's talking right. about. You, you give Pablo a chance to do his thing, and he's and he said, you know, guys keep coming up to me and patting me on the on the back and saying, "Don't worry." I mean, you didn't lose this series, right. and yeah. that's true. Yeah. I mean, he didn't lose this series. They didn't hit. Right. They didn't play sharp defensively. I mean, there was all kinds of different things. You can make a whole list. Is he on the list? Yeah, he's right. on the list for reasons right. why they didn't win this series. But I, I just felt like he was. He had the weight of. A franchise on him sure and for a guy who grew up in minnesota and was so ecstatic about the the first round to contribute i don't know i just felt for him but that's that's the reality of playoff baseball it's the highs and the lows yep. like the only way you can feel the, for the euphoria, record, I had no
1: problem with the with the way they played that i thought that was yes i thought it was exactly the right time to bring him in yes and and handle they things and in fact out. if anything i thought they should maybe do it later on like maybe have a different reliever right that early but you lining up with Alvarez starting out and then into Tucker, then right. just somehow deal with Abreu and the, then get to Brantley. Who's got a I huge thought split. the way they lined up the seven post Joe Ryan
2: innings yeah. where it ends with two from Duran and then yeah. you still had Louis Varlin available warming up if it gets to extra innings, which right. they were hoping for at that point, but they mapped it out perfectly. And, Yes. Is there a risk that when you use five guys instead of three guys, or I don't know if they use five or six guys or three, one of them's just going to have a bad night? Well, yeah, but there's also a risk that Joe Ryan just has a bad right. night in the third inning, or the fourth inning, or the fifth inning.
1: And so. I didn't even necessarily think Theobar had you know a quote unquote bad night. He, he Listen, he had a little bit of a trouble with home runs all season. Like yeah. that was that. If you take a look at his stat well, he's a line, five five the ball season, pitcher, right? You know that's going to happen. Relies on a curveball, right? You know, there's some. Yeah, but, you know, I felt good about uh, holding Alvarez to a single, actually. yeah, yeah I, I felt I good about. So many people were holding up four fingers right. every time
2: Alvarez came up last night just <laughs> saying, walk him, just walk <laughs> yeah. him. And it's yeah, like, well, right. it's hard to argue right. that. But um, he wasn't quite, I don't know that you quite want to give him the Barry Bonds treatment, but he's clo- He's as close as I've seen uh, in terms of yeah, just the Abreu. guy. Abreu just killed them in the games three and four. Yes, I, mean, I mean, he just killed them in three and four. Abreu, Abreu just fountained of youth them. Yep. Like he just yep. was the guy from 5 years ago basically and I was not really expecting that cuz he I was, was not either. he was not that all season um before the game let's just talk about a little bit about this but before the game they made a surprise uh, right as we were arriving at the ballpark oh, yeah. we heard Jesus. word that Kirilov was going on the was being removed from the playoff roster with the same shoulder injury that's bugged him really since like June he dove for a ball I, I want to say like mid June, and hurt his shoulder at first base, and then aggravated it later. He was on the IL for a while, then he rehabbed for a while, then he came back, and we were watching. You know, was he driving the ball? He didn't play particularly well down the stretch. Right. He was really good before the injury. Obviously, yep. he was yes. really looking good, right. which is disappointing. That's always what happens with him. He looks good, and then he's injured. Um, but the real surprise, and you know, he he made the error the night before, the day yes. before, yep. and he had just and struggled mid
1: game. And we thought it was because Hunter Brown had some reverse splits, but maybe it was because he was yes. he was just banged just up right? injury,
2: right. and he was zero for nine or whatever it was. Right. He just didn't. He hasn't looked like himself offensively for a while now, uh, and I think there were some signs that it was affecting him kind of defensively. He was hesitant to like dive for a ball right. because he injured it and then should, re-injured it, diving right. for a ball. Right. So they remove him. But then the real surprise was Byron Buxton joining yes. the roster, yeah. and I say this because. Leading up to yesterday, he was sort of out of sight, out of mind. Like he was working out with the team and he was still hoping, you know, if they make the ALCS or they make the World Series, maybe I can be an option. But there was not like a growing sense of optimism prior to yesterday that Byron Buxton is on the verge of returning or that he hadn't even been able to really run. He hadn't played rehab games going back weeks. He had done some hitting, but he had even cut that short on occasion because the knee was bothering him. I really think they just said,
1: screw it. (laughs) We don't – there's no like – there's no pressing need here at this stage of the series. I mean, you could have made an argument that the person they should have put into that, given Houston's bullpen, was Joey Gallo. Wow. Joey Gallo (laughs) wouldn't have made that error at first base the game before, I'll
2: tell you that. Yeah, well. I I mean, look, they don't really –
1: That's crazy. The other options
2: were like Larnick, but he doesn't really play first base. Jordan Luplo, but you don't really need a righty against their bullpen, right. Joey Gallo, who defensively is nice yeah, and maybe they win that game if he's playing first base <laughs> defensively. who knows the sunny gray start yeah uh but you know he I, I, yeah <laughs> they they didn't have a an obvious replacement, and so right. I really think it came down to Buxton wants in. We don't have a guy we can point to and say, "I'm sorry, Byron, but this guy is yeah, itching right. for it, and we need yeah, him." Yeah. And I really just thought, I will tell you, they that went, you know what? Maybe he'll do a Kirk Gibson. If you want to talk an electric moment at uh, oh, Target God. Field yesterday, Man, when he pin- when he came out on deck to yeah. start the inning, yeah, and like I in the press box, even somebody was, I was like, "Ooh, Byron's on deck," and yes. everyone was
1: like, "Ooh, yes," and
2: the place went absolutely bonkers for yes. him, which is great because look. To say he's had a hard time for his career, but especially the last year or two. Right. And he's gotten a lot of heat. There are a lot of fans who hate injuries. We saw this with Joe Maurer. We saw this with every sport. In a lot of fans' minds, I I hate this mentality, but it's true of a lot of people in sports, the worst thing you can be is unavailable and injured. And then people start talking about you're soft. People start talking about you're a waste of money and all this stuff. And Byron Buxton has epitomized that for yep. years now, for his entire career, but especially lately. And there are a lot of people who boo him when he was struggling <laughs> earlier right, in the yeah. season. So to see people give him like a standing ovation in that spot, and then I just thought to myself, I think he's got about a 2% chance of getting a, he- a hit here. <laughs> right, yeah. But my God, that 2%, this place yeah. will just go
1: absolutely bonkers. Yeah. And then he just kind of hit into the, They leaned into the magic. At some point, yes. you know what, this is the time – I mean, it was a good place – also, a good pl- place to give him a an at-bat there. Sure. At the bottom of the eighth, you've got – it was an obvious place to – was for Taylor. Swap somebody out for Taylor, yeah. etc. <sighs> yeah. I mean, he's just a soft liner to first base, a soft yeah. pop-up to first base. It was not honestly, a great one. i honestly
2: su- surprised he put a ball in play. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he hasn't played in two right? and a half months, yeah. basically. Yeah. He hasn't even yeah. done, like, rehab. Right. He hasn't – he's barely taken li- – he's yeah. only faced Jorge Alcala yeah. for, like, the
1: last month, basically. He had some shots, I think, of, like of – players all arm-in-arm arm at the top of the dugout yeah. or something. So, so, I was like, yeah. So, yeah, that was uh,
2: that was unfortunate. I mean, if he even just bloops that ball an extra 20 feet and it lands yeah. in fair yeah, territory right. and they pinch-run Stevenson for him, I think that place <laughs> goes absolutely nuts. Yes. Because, uh, yeah, he wasn't even – if he would have gotten on base, he wouldn't have run for himself, I don't think. Um, you hmm. know,
1: the, I mean, Buxton – I mean, it makes sense. I don't know why you would. You might as well just put Stevenson in the field. You right. put Walner in the field. Why not? Right. right.
2: Uh, but yeah, that was uh, that's kind of like what we were talking about with the crowd. Which the crowd was the crowd was ready to win this right, series. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the yeah. team wasn't quite able to to pull it off, yeah. but there were a lot of moments like that. I mean, they were just I mean, pregame the the pregame pop that Pablo Lopez got or Royce Lewis got or Correa got after his big game, and it, it was great. I mean, it was it was just so different than just a random regular season yeah. game, and that's what you're looking for in October. You're looking for a, a new Special experience, and you can certainly say win, lose, or draw, regardless of these games that you got it. So, I'm, I mean, that was another good moment, obviously. didn't come through. I'm, I'm shocked. I would have laid some real odds that he wouldn't have put that ball in play. Um, <laughs> oh, you don't think I can put a ball in play? What do you know? I will also lay some real odds on <laughs> that. Uh, the other thing, so about Kirilov, like I said, it sounds like talking to him, talking to you know, people on and off the record, I think he's going to have shoulder surgery.
1: Yeah, it sounds good. And so basically, I wouldn't be shocked if you know two months ago, when the shoulder injury popped up, he had the option of shoulder surgery or shut it down, and or or try to you know rehab it. And he said, "Well, yeah." And there were, I mean, it worked at times, but I think it. I don't know.
2: I guess in retrospect, knowing what we know now, you would have said, would they have been better off without him? You know, just shutting him down and playing Solano there or something like that, or you call up somebody to play first base. Obviously, once he makes the error, then that becomes even louder in people's minds. Of well, if he can't even be mobile or dive for a ball, then you're really just kind of hurting yourself. He didn't hit, obviously, but you know, Walner didn't hit. A lot of guys didn't hit. Jeffers didn't hit. Solano didn't hit. I mean, other than the three guys we mentioned—Correa, Julian, and Lewis—most of the guys didn't hit. Right. Uh, But so yeah, I would expect him to hit. Now the good news is it's his non-throwing shoulder. Yeah, uh, it's his right, right, right yeah, shoulder. Yeah. So you know, if he does have shoulder surgery, whether it's a torn something or you know whatever it is, it's going to be yeah, it'll be a months long rehab. But there would be, I think, an expectation that he'll be ready for spring training. But you know, similar to Byron Buxton, I mean, he's at the point now with injuries where it's just difficult to have a sense of where we're even going with this. Like, where are we?
1: Yeah, but I mean, that's, that's... What is
2: the expectation for him? He can't... He hasn't made it through a season. Right. He's 0 for 3 doing that. He's had two right. wrist surgeries and now a shoulder surgery. There's absolutely been glimpses of the prospect that he was which is just a smooth-swinging left-handed right. hitter, controls yeah, the strike yeah, zone. Including
1: this year. We saw it for about he two, three He was the best hitter for yeah. like a month. Yeah, yeah, it was great.
2: And he's still 25 years old. I mean, there is right. absolutely it, an all-star it, hitter in unlike,
1: there. Unlike Buxton where it's like, oh, it's this injury, this injury and this injury and this injury and this injury and this injury. It's basically been now two injuries, right? There was the wrist. The wrist yeah. was significant. And they are, seem to have gotten past that wrist. Those are we'll bad see. injuries, though. Wrists are bad injuries. These are not Shoulders right. and wrists shoulders are done, not good yeah, injuries. And um, more so for... More so for pitchers than for hitters. They're bad. The shoulder, but
2: the wrist is about the worst thing you can have as a hitter. That's right. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I I think if healthy, he enters next season as their starting first baseman. But if there's questions around that, I mean, first base is a spot where you can't really – afford to be starting right. i mean donovan solano had a nice season but you, yes you need somebody there who can pop 20 homers you know what i mean because <laughs> right, yeah.
1: the pool of players right. who play first base that's plentiful and you take a look as we, we will get to to post or to offseason talk eventually sure. but as you take a look at the roster there is we could easily say boy one place they could really upgrade is right. first, first base, base slash dh slash you know something yes. they could inject a a right-handed power bat into this lineup. And as we saw
2: with, I'm not saying Nelson Cruz, but a Nelson Cruz type, that's not always that expensive relative to the impact they can make. Because it's the the supply and demand of it. It's just there's a lot of good guys who can hit and can't field. And also, I will say with Kirilov, you know, when he was coming up, and he's playing right field, left field, first base, there were I, – I, I quoted people on this, said, oh, we think he has like gold glove potential at first base. Yeah. Well, that is pretty clearly not the case. Now, maybe the injuries have obviously played a part in that, but I, I've never been impressed with him in the majors at first base. Now, maybe I, I'm colored by the fact that I had people tell me he was going to be really good at first base. Hmm. So maybe that's been a disappointment. I don't think he's like a butcher there, but I guess my point there is he's not going to be like a 40-homer guy. He needs to be an all-around hitter. Right. And well, that's true. At first base, there are just some Pete Alonzo types who just bash 40 homers, right. and the value yes. is very obvious. Right. But if you're going to be like a 285 hitter, and it, you're going to be a doubles and 1520 homer guy, which I think he has a chance to be, that's a really good hitter. That's an all-star caliber player. But if you're also just kind of mediocre at first base, and he's not real good in the outfield, he's not fast, really. Yeah. I mean, he's going to have to hit, and he's going to have to stay healthy or – that's just a spot, whether it's DH, first base, left field, wherever you want to slot him in, yeah. that you can't afford to just kind of ride with a guy who can't stay healthy. And even when healthy, there's yeah. some questions you know about…
1: What? It's going to be real interesting to see how they uh, attack these, this offseason and in which way they pivot on yes. that. Because you're right. Uh, it It's a… You feel half comfortable with him there, right? And that's fine if you're not a team that's trying to win the ALDS or right. the AL, get to the ALCS, right? right? But otherwise, you just—it's nice to just have an answer there too. And if you get an answer there, well then, you well, know, can, can it, you do some left field? Can you do, you
2: know? Well, and, and especially right. like you're saying, I mean,
1: he's look—if he hits and he stays healthy, I
2: don't care if he hits left-handed, right-handed, right. if he right. hits with his feet. Right. But it would balance the lineup if yeah. you had a right. right-handed, yeah. even right. a right-handed yeah. Yeah. version right. of Kirloff that was healthier. Uh, Okay, on the lineup, I mean, we talked about this just bigger picture, but to get into some of the ugly details, back-to-back games, three and four that they lost, they had three hits in each game and 14 strikeouts in each game. And again, that is what they look like. The strikeouts are what they look like throughout the season because the funny part of them improving dramatically offensively in the second half, their strikeout rate was up slightly in the second half. And I think if you would have told 1,000 Twins fans – oh, they, they went from you know 12th in runs scored in the first half to second, they would have went, oh, they must have fixed that whole strikeout issue. No. no. <laughs> uh, yeah. And that's not to say strikeouts are not an issue. I mean, it, it clearly is. And it was a point of frustration at times because it does – when you're a high strikeout lineup, you're going to be more boom and bust. There's the, the, the empty sections are going to be longer. Yeah. Um, you're going to be less consistent. And we absolutely saw that a lot during the first half. We saw it in the playoffs where they got a couple guys on, they drew some walks, whatever it was. I thought their like approach at the plate was pretty good for a lot of it versus Gaussman versus Verlander versus Valdez, that sort of thing. But then they just didn't cash in enough. Like they couldn't, they just couldn't come through with a bases clearing double or even a bloop single. And a lot of that was, they just weren't putting enough balls in play and particularly these last two games against Houston, some of their swings, even guys like Royce Lewis. I mean, Royce Lewis had five swings worse than any swing I've ever seen (laughs) him take. Yeah, right. And... You know, balls in the other batter's there was, box. A, there was a
1: swing yesterday where we looked at it and we said, oh, that was every swing yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, you well know, and then Every swing in game three looked like that really bad swing in game In game three, four, it's right? like,
2: well, the shadows hurt him. And it's like, really? well, okay, but the Astros scored nine runs with the shadows. I mean, I have no doubt that the shadows make it more difficult to hit. Well, there was no shadows last night, and they had some of the awful swings against Eric change changeup yeah. and breaking yeah. ball, and the, they've struggled all year versus breaking balls. I mean, that goes hand-in-hand hand with striking out a right. lot. If you're good at hitting breaking balls, you're not going to have the highest strikeout rate in the history of baseball, which they did. Uh, you know, Fastballs in the year 2023 20, are not what are producing massive strikeout rates. Right. It's breaking balls. And so I I think do they need to overreact to that and try to target a bunch of slap hitting, put the ball in play, Juan Pierre, even Luis Arise types? Right, yeah. No, but there are a couple spots in this lineup where you could maybe – diversify the lineup a little bit yeah. more and find a guy who's more about batting average on base percentage, driving in the gaps as opposed to take pitches, swing, swing hard, hard yeah. all that stuff. Uh, but against playoff pitching, we've talked about this before in like the abstract. If people think theoretically, people love the idea that somebody gets on base and works his way around. Yeah. They want you to play, play the the small, small ball. ball in the yep. playoffs and there's spots where that matters. Yeah. And the twins did not do that well at all. Right. Playoff games are, and in fact, just I just so I have clear. a stat I'm going to read. Just so we're clear.
1: Yeah. Uh, you are clear, all you have to do is look at the team that beat us. Right. How did they beat us? They didn't do small ball.
2: No, they hit the they half hit, out. They of the hit ball. a bunch of yeah. home runs. Yeah, right. Ten, ten homers, I want to say something like that. <laughs> right. Here's a here's a stat. This is updated. Uh, Dan Zimborski from uh, Fangraphs pointing pointing this out. Fifty one percent of runs in the playoffs so far, across MLB, not just the Twins, have come on homers. Okay. That's up from 43% during the regular season. Yeah. So homers are accounting for a six, 20% right. more uh going from 43 to to 51. And then here's the record of all-time in the wild card era, which so that's since 90 no. What is that? Since when did the wild card start? Anyway, it's like 20 something years. Um when a team hits zero home runs, they have a 306 winning percentage. So they win 30% of the time. When a team hits one home run, they have a 53% winning percentage. And when a team hits two or more home runs in the playoffs, they win 70% of the time. Now, there are other factors there, certainly. But the idea that you don't want to be a home run dependent lineup is never true. And it's less true in the playoffs because in the playoffs, the pitching is higher caliber. And it's much harder to string together three or four or five hits in a row to score a couple of runs. It's much easier blooping a blast or you draw a walk and you hit a two-run homer. And the Twins have had some success at that but not nearly enough success at that. And I think then you fold in not just a high strikeout rate, which I'm willing to live with and they're willing to live with, but literally the highest strikeout rate in the history of Major League Baseball. Well, that's you don't you don't want to set that record. You don't want to be at the top of that
1: list. So I do think there are some areas, and some of that. It'd be can, interesting how much of that personnel versus how much right. of it is a different approach. And or just starting the maturation training of training a Julian and a yeah, Walner right. and, yeah, a right. and a
2: Lewis and like those guys just might trim their strikeout rate a little yes. bit or up their walk rate a little bit or you know a healthier Correa strikes out less or you know right. all this yeah. stuff. But there's going to be a few spots in that lineup where i think maybe they'll target a different type of hitter just to i'm a big believer in diversifying lineups and i don't just mean lefty righty but i mean you can't just have a lineup full of boomer bus guys right. high strikeout guys you can't just have a lineup full of guys whose value comes from drawing walks because if you mm-hmm. run into a pitcher who throws strikes your entire lineup is shut right, down right. you can't just have a lineup that hits crushes fastballs right. and doesn't hit off-speed because then they'll just throw you off-speed, which we've seen the last two games. You need to diversify lefty-righty, power on base, contact versus not, hitting off-speed, hitting fastball. And I think the Twins, whenever you struggle offensively, that gets overblown. It's like, oh, they need to completely shake this thing up. But I do think there are a couple spots, and we'll get into that during the offseason, where seem to be prime areas where you can diversify things a little bit and just make yourself a kind of a harder – Line
1: up to game plan against yep. a little bit. Uh, they're gonna have some tough. They're gonna have some w- interesting questions. Just yes, they have gonna a lot of free
2: agents, including they've Sonny Gray. Of, they've
1: got a lot of potential tradable veterans. Yes, they've they got have some, some option decisions. Got, yep. on like Kepler
2: and Polanco. Right. I mean, they'll both be back, but you could trade those guys potentially. Right. Um, so yeah they've, a, got
1: a, they've got a spot In center field That they're not Really yes. sure They are not really know What they can count From Bucks They gotta White figure there, out I mean.
2: Where people are Playing in the infield Especially <laughs> yeah. maybe Mid-season If yeah. Bro- Brooks Lee arrives So yeah There's a lot of They gotta figure out The catcher situation Whether to re-sign Emilio Pagan <laughs> That's right <laughs> Uh huh <laughs> um, So okay Just to finish up Here I had a few other You know me I like to get All the notes in here Um Julian Hit 294 with a 455 on base percentage during the playoffs yeah. total and a 588 slugging percentage. Pretty good. Uh, Royce Lewis only hit 227, but like all his hits were home runs. Yes, exactly. One, one of the one. more remarkable stats I've ever posted, which was after he hit the one yesterday, uh, he moved into a tie for second place on the all time Twins playoff home run list. Behind Kirby Puckett, he's one yeah. behind Kirby Puckett. <laughs> yeah. He has four, so he's tied with Greg Gagne with four. Puckett has five. He's the all-time leader. Greg in, Gagne, yeah, at four. Yeah, you sure not Gary Gaetti? You got no Greg Gagne? Gagne? Okay, okay, all yeah.
1: right. I double checked. double check. Gary Gaetti threw out the first pitch yesterday. <laughs> I did. I uh, saw that. He was, got it to he got it to Dan Gladden. That's right. Who did but, not catch it. Yeah, I think he did
2: that on purpose. <laughs> oh, right? Because he didn't even have his glove on the right hand and he caught it. I never know. With Dan Gladden. You never know. The things going. that go that's through right. that brain are impossible <laughs> to predict. Um, but Royce Lewis has the – now, look. The Twins don't have the you know most amazing playoff history, obviously, <laughs> although they have two World Series. Uh, but Royce Lewis has been in the playoffs f- at that point for eight days. Yeah, right, yeah. And right. he's got four homers, and he's got the second most ever behind – the most you know beloved player yes, right. ever. Uh, it's amazing, and so to see those guys, and then to see Correa after a year where he struggled through a obvious injury right. uh, that clearly limited him physically, and had a miserable season, and talked about it openly. To you know, the lights come on in October, and he said it all year. You get me to October now. He didn't have a great game last no, night or anything, that. but he had some huge moments yep. defensively, even just making yep. incredible plays. And yesterday, El Tuve hit him the ball like nine times yesterday. He made every play <laughs> at shortstop. Yep. Um, now he he really has to get right physically. Yep. Like he has to just. I want to scream, like shake him and say, "Just sit." somewhere for three <laughs> months that's not his right somebody no, asked right. him that like what's the recovery gonna be In your hands right, like, <laughs> right. <laughs> well yeah you two little kids will love that but somebody asked him post game yesterday like what's the recovery process like what do you kind of have planned and he said oh, i'll be in the gym tomorrow working out and it's yeah. like Man, don't do that uh but anyway um Kirilov and walner were disappointments obviously they went yeah. over right. walner got benched yesterday yeah.
1: Uh, for Castro and then Kierloff. Well, part of that was facing Arquidy, though, too. Why would that matter? They're both left-handed. Oh, so I'm sorry. Who did he? Castro <laughs> replaced them? Well, Castro, well, I guess. Castro is a switch hitter, but you're right. He's going to bat lefty versus right. the righty. He was definitely. A, I mean, it was a benching.
2: Um, I'm not saying he wouldn't have played game five or anything, but it, I mean, it was a benching for that. Uh, but then within that, Taylor did not have a good series. He played fine defensively, but Taylor did not really do much. Solano didn't do much. Castro actually didn't do much. He's been so good for them all season. Jeffers. You know, and then Jeff, well, and so Kepler and Polanco were just sort of eh. They each had a couple of moments, but overall were not particularly good for, you know, their number two, two, three or two, four. But then Jeffers to me was one of the bigger disappointments that he's been so good all season and they made a commitment to him. Vasquez did not get a start. Right. He didn't play in any. Yeah, right. Which was a change. They essentially just alternated. It started with like kind of, a two thirds Vasquez, one third Jeffers. Right. And then Vasquez played poorly, and Jeffers was fantastic from start to finish all season. Yeah. So that the, by the end of the season, it was basically 50 50. They would essentially just alternate starts right. down the stri- in the second half. And we talked a lot about what's going to happen in the playoffs. Like in the first round, right. they're going to play three games. Does Jeffers start one and three? Vasquez starts two. Do they just go by pitching? You know, who wants to pair with the pitcher? Well, it turns out they just said Brian Jeffers is going to play every game. And I like that in theory. I mean, he certainly right. deserved that from a performance standpoint, but he didn't hit. He hit like 100 in the series. He didn't really have any big moments. I wonder. Almost. He almost, yeah, he almost – a almost lot of center, these guys he, almost had some moments. I
1: mean, 110-point <laughs> yeah, no, right up the middle
2: and, you know. And, again, we're talking about six games here. Yeah. So yeah. I, yeah, it's I mean, a bad so, week. I mean, well, that's exactly So that's,
1: that's exactly what, right. what do you read right. into that? Right. And you and read it, everything it, into it because it, it's magnified. you can magnified, also say, but, you know, it was six days. If he had a six-day stretch like that, A, we wouldn't notice it. And, B, if, if we did notice we'd say, yeah, but he's hitting the ball hard a couple times. like you know. Yes. Um, And then the other thing I
2: was a little bit surprised by – and some of this is just they didn't hit a lot of singles. They didn't right. draw some walks. They didn't run much uh, in this yeah. series. And then the couple times, Taylor attempted a steal that he would have been safe on that got yep. called back yep. on a strike, a ta- a yep. taken strikeout. And then Lewis, like yep. you mentioned yesterday, but we didn't see
1: Andrew Stevenson make an impact yeah, at all. Right.
2: Um, Castro really... I wondered
1: how much of that was... In Houston, how much of that had to do with... Well, first of all, there weren't a lot of close games. True. Right? I mean, the... Right. Uh, the, the, uh, the only close game was yesterday's game, and we saw them try to steal some bases or steal base yesterday. Yeah. Right? Um, I wondered, you know, they talked a little bit on the TV broadcast about Houston's infield and how it had been softened. How about yeah. that, <laughs> for right. lack of a better word? That Houston was, you know, aware of their aware of that weapon that the Twins had, that they themselves was perhaps a weakness, and that their field was adjusted accordingly. Um, and then I was surprised as well that they did not. I, in game three, I was like, "Okay, we're gonna we got our infield now. Let's see what happens on right. this." Well, then it wasn't close. Like it was true, it was, right? And then, although I know. mean, it was
2: for nothing. I mean, it wasn't. But yeah, do you want to risk outs to try to advance right. base at that point? You're trying to hit yes. three. But runners.
1: also, I mean, who who? I mean, Taylor didn't even start game three, right? Right. I mean, t- when
2: Taylor and Castro are not really on base that much, right? And then they, for whatever reason, couldn't find a spot to get Stevenson in there. Then, yeah, who's doing the running? And when, but, when,
1: and when it's, it, it, you're not pinch running with one of those guys in the third inning, you're pinch running sure. one of those guys in the eighth inning. It, 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 was, one, it, was, a, it was just a bunch of factors that never did, And Castro wasn't getting him on base. Right. Yeah, you know, it was just.
2: Well, now, part of it, though, is a lot of Castro's steals during the regular season came when right. he was coming off the bench. But then there he was starting in the last game. So it's like you can't insert him because he's just
1: going to bat wherever his spot in the order comes up. You could have knocked me over with a feather when I saw Royce Lewis try to steal a base yesterday. Yeah, I mean, this is the other (laughs) –
2: the the thing that kind of – there are three things that gnaw at me about them not being able to come back and win last night in a game they should have won, in my opinion. One was what we talked about, which is it robbed everyone of just a potentially awesome – Play, do or die right. Lopez versus Verlander in Houston you know even if you lose that that's going to be a game you remember 20 years from now and go oh that was that was something I was looking forward to right. even going on another flight and yeah. getting. To, it was 90 it was gonna be 90 degrees in Houston <laughs> seriously <laughs> I looked up the weather and I'm like all right it's, oh, I'll still do hell it
1: Helen you still wanted yes, to do it I still that's wanted to, to
2: do like, it uh the other thing it robbed him of uh, is, you know, you win this series and you've got home field for the ALCS. Right, yep. That is not – you can have a great season and not be in that spot. Right, that's right. To, to kind of luck into that from circumstances in playoff seating and Texas making a run, yeah. I mean, that's something you, you need to take advantage of. And then the third thing on a smaller scale is basically from the time the Blue Jays series ended to the time this series was kind of in midstream, he just – Finally, Royce Lewis. You mean? Yep. Yeah. Who did I say? You didn't say anybody. He oh, just, you just Lewis.
1: said
2: he. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's, that, he's him. That's yeah, all. He's yeah, like yeah, capital yeah. H him. Yeah. Um, our Lord and Savior, <laughs> Royce Lewis. uh you just wear a very big cross, so maybe it's I don't know. Who knows? I don't know how that works. It's the bigger the cross, the closer to God. Is that a thing?
1: <laughs> that's I not I saying.
2: In New Jersey, they say the higher the hair, the closer to God. Okay, I, mean, I know that's a thing. Okay, the, anyway. Um, Somewhere along the way, he made some real progress <laughs> health-wise. Right. And he was slowly but surely. We talked to him every couple days, and he goes, I'm feeling a little better. And we'd see him take, like, ground balls before the right. game, and he'd do some sprinting
1: and everything. But it was like, well, he still got a little hitch in his running. Well, you see, game, game one, we saw him. No, it wasn't even game one. Because game one, he just trotted around the bases. Game two is when he – No, no, G- game one, he, de- he did end up – they walked him on his f- third at bat. Right. And we saw him run to second base, and I thought, oh, right. this is why he's not playing in and the then, field.
2: And then in game right. two, though, he yeah. went first to third twice yep. and really hauled ass right. going to third. Yeah. And then got into that squeeze play right. yep. where he's on third, and that's the clearest sign yet that they think he can run now. Right. Is that Jeffers try to squeeze him in? And right. I mean, I hated watching that. Like, <laughs> I thought he re injured <laughs> right. himself. I did too. He fell he, down. He, he, started grabbed to his, thom- he grabbed his uh, glute. Yes. Yeah. Um, I think he tweaked his ankle, it turned out, in that. Like, not serious, just like, oh, twisted his ankle a little bit. I think that's what we kind of saw physically. But then he returns to third base, which is a clear sign that he's fine. And we saw him work out before the game. He was moving great. If you said to me, pick a guy in this infield who's playing at less than 100% with a leg injury, I probably would have been able to name him. But I wouldn't have, without that knowledge, said, what's wrong with Royce Lewis watching him? I mean, he was running well the first like you said he shocked everyone by attempting a steal and he would have been safe on it by the way uh that was it was sad because he just took off slid into the base and everyone was just walking off the field because they called the third strike on kepler and there's a shot i saw of him kind of look over his shoulder as he's laying on the ground and i think he says to the umpire did i overslide the base yeah like, That's how right. am I out? Yeah. And the ump pointed, like, to Kepler
1: and said, no, it was called, called third strike. And yeah. you could see Royce, like, I did all that for we nothing? We were baffled in the stands. Yeah. And then I went up, and then we went to the rally table of a truly on deck, and I was talking to people there, and everyone was like, how was he out? Yeah. A- and I was like, no, no. We, we figured out, like, check Twitter. It was just a terrible call but, on yeah, Kepler. Also, right. how was Kepler out? <laughs> yeah, right. Also exactly. a valid that right. On that one. Even Maldonado. Thought Kepler was yes because he threw through yeah. like a strong throw, yeah, like as, as strong as he could. So everybody thought that was an inside pitch, except the umpire. And So I really
2: would have loved to see a fully healthy Royce Lewis versus Verlander in Game Five or beyond that, you right. know, ALCS or World Series. Like, I mean, his breakthrough this year, after all he's been through physically and continues to go through physically, because right. yeah. he he had a Royce. He asked him about that rundown play before Game Three back here we did like the pregame thing with him on the he was on the podium and Roycey basically said what we just said which is man i watched that i thought you hurt yourself again yeah and royce always laughed and he said i know it seems like it but i i don't actually get hurt on every play <laughs> and i was like well that's a good sense of humor and i mean he's just we talked about the regular season when he was you know hitting grand slams every other day and now he's got four playoff homers yeah and it's just his ability to Get hurt, recover pretty quickly here, because by the way, this is even now faster than he would have normally come back from that type We're of basically hand.
1: Basically three weeks from when he right. happened. Yeah. Uh, and he's
2: launching homers, and he's playing third, he's going first to third. And I mean, the, the future for this kid is just so bright yeah. if they can just keep him healthy, even a little bit. And the, for that matter, the future for Julian, Yeah, I mean, they could have their yeah. leadoff man They've and their number two or number three yeah. hitter for... A decade, two if they wanted. Very want it. promising guys. Though. I mean, yeah, you can't draw up two two more promising, you know, twenty four year old rookie hitters, basically. Yeah. Um, so that was, uh, you know, it was good to see. I would have liked to see a few more course, veterans this,
1: this, this time last year. We had been might have been saying something similar about Jose Miranda.
2: Yeah, although
1: not not to that I level. I agree,
2: though. and I haven't given up on Miranda
1: and and Kirilov too. That's, That's true. <laughs> no, I mean, health right. uh, is
2: a big part, especially with Lewis. Uh, a big part yeah. of this, but. Yeah, I mean, and I I don't want to dismiss Walner in that either, just because right. he had yeah. four or five bad games right. or something like that. But um, let's see, one last thing I had. Uh, we talked about Paddock. I don't know if you want to hear more. We broke down, I thought, with Dan Hayes. We had Dan Hayes. On, if people are just listening to the free show, <laughs> right. we had uh, Disco Danny Hayes on uh, what yesterday morning, right, uh, to talk about the game Seems three loss. It does seem a lot longer than. And we talked a lot about Sonny Gray and kind of the regression monster coming after him and the fact that he hadn't give up really – he had the lowest home run rate in the history of the Twins. He right. had the lowest home run rate in Major League Baseball. He had gone 57 starts without allowing multiple homers. Uh, and he had allowed zero home runs on his slider or sweeper, whatever you want to mm-hmm. call it, during the regular season. Then he gives up two, including the one, the back-breaking one to Abreu after the Kirloff error, And that's just – that's the playoffs. It's like – it's all small samples – and it's all how – I can't believe that happened like Abreu himself. Abreu stunk this season, and he got hot for four games. And I don't know that he would – if you played 400 more games, would Abreu look like the guy he was in the regular season right. and you wouldn't worry about him anymore? Who knows? But yeah. it doesn't matter. And right. that's the that's the beauty of the playoffs. It's also the frustration yeah. of the playoffs. It's also just sort of the lack of control anyone yeah. really has over yeah. this thing. This thing is just a runaway train in the playoffs. Yeah. And it's just – it's off the tracks, and it's just rolling. And it's like – Oh, uh, oh, Texas swept Baltimore? Yeah, there's a thing no one would have right, ever yeah, predicted. Right. Oh, uh, Arizona just swept the Dodgers? Right. Yeah, there's a thing not a single person in the universe could have ever predicted. Right. And it's like, how do you try to wrap your hands around that and try to make sense of it and try to strategize with it and analyze it when really it's just like... But you just go and play
1: the game? Yes. <laughs> right, and so yeah, there right, was part of yeah. me that,
2: that, that was satisfying to watch the Twins actually get a little deeper into it. Yeah. Not as deep as everyone wanted, but I think you've at least... There's a there's a proof of concept, and now my hope is you can head into the offseason and you just analyze a baseball team now, That's or you it. talk yep. about a baseball yep. team now. It doesn't have to be, well, yeah, but why bother because 0-18? Oh, or, yeah, they'll just get knocked out, or they need this because they've never done that. And it's like, well, now they've done a little bit of it. They got a taste. They're all hungry for it. I would say, and we'll get a lot more into this in the coming weeks, but – there's absolutely no reason that this team cannot run away with the AL Central again yeah. next season. Yep. The White Sox are not going to be competitive. I'm still somewhat doubting the Tigers, although I might pick them for second again now just because they have some young talent and appear to be improving. Kansas City's is nowhere close to doing anything. Right. And Cleveland, to me, is a huge question mark in yep. that – They've had a lot of injuries. Some of their guys are getting older. Now, if they go out and add some they're bats, losing Terry Francona. they're losing Terry Francona. And, you know, if they can get, and I, I'm i guessing that they're going to start shedding
1: Bieber and yeah. some other guys. Some of the guys they didn't shed at the trade deadline right. this year are probably going so, to So, you know, if they rim. have a
2: good offseason, they can be scary. Don't get sure. me wrong. I'm not writing them off. But there's there's a window here, and we've talked about all the young talent on the Twins. And if Correa is healthy, you got Pablo Lopez at the top of the rotation, you need to replace Sonny Gray. I think that's going to be the priority for them. It could be bringing back Sonny Gray, obviously. Yeah. But you got Brooks Lee coming. You got Emmanuel Rodriguez coming. You got Austin Martin coming. You got Royce Lewis and Walner and, and Ed Julian and you know guys like Louis Varlin. I mean, I think the young talent on this team has really ascended – this season and it's not just role players it's guys who you can build a lineup around and so I, i'm not going to sit here and tell you they're going to win 10 division titles in a row and they're going to be hanging multiple world series but i think we're in a nice little pocket here because of the twins young talent because of the success they had this year because they got the monkey off their back and because this division doesn't appear to me likely to be a whole lot stronger in terms Correct. of competition. That. There's no reason, and Correa said this, there's there's no reason we shouldn't be back here next year doing the same thing. And I kind of feel the same way. And that, that's not always the case no. coming <laughs> no, off the playoffs. Right. Yeah. Sometimes you feel like the window's closing. It feels like yes. the Some, window
1: has reopened. Sometimes you, know? you right. feel like, yeah. God,
2: it's so frustrating that they lost, and doubly so because this might have been their last good right. chance yes, here so with this right. core. Yep. Yep. And I feel completely the opposite of yep. that now. Yep. I mean, Royce Lewis, Ed Julian, like some of these guys, this can be the core for, for a very long time. So, uh, all right. Now, uh, now the seal is broken. You know (laughs) what I mean? Yeah, that's it. So yeah, once again, just thank you guys for, for listening all season. We will be back Monday morning. For the Patreon. For the Patreon. We're going to do do an all mailbag. So if you, you have some mailbag questions you'd like us to answer, go sign up for the Patreon. You'll then get a special email address that you can send them in.
1: Yep. Uh, we'll Sunday Sunday night we'll send out a call for the mail. You you, yeah. you, you write to that uh, that inbox. You email that inbox. You'll be able to. You, you'll be one of the questions we get through as many as we can. We try we try to dedicate a whole episode to it. Yes. I don't think sometimes we have like actual news to cover. I don't think we're gonna have a whole lot of news. Well, to it cover. depends. We're gonna be talking about I
2: might things. there might be a Falvey end of season <coughs> oh, media availability, right. which there's always some nuggets, injury nuggets, or yeah. some stuff coming out of that. So we'll that's see, but that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n patreon.com slash gleeman thank you to everyone who signed up for that yes. during this playoff run i oh, really God. do hope you stick with us uh i think you will enjoy it during yes. the off season yes. i mean
1: in some ways sometimes we got some special guests sometimes we yes. have some special topics we got we're yeah, right. a little more leeway
2: when the games are not yeah. rolling you That's know right. we can kind of plan things out in advance and I don't want to say it's more fun than talking about a season. It's, you know, when the <laughs> season ends, I start to get sad. Yeah, right. But it's it's fun in a different way to start talking about free agency and trades and roster stuff. And that's what we'll get very heavy into. So, also, uh, thank, thank you to HelloFresh. Yep. Game time, better help. And odds are. And odds are. Yeah, and we'll talk to you more Monday. Gaming and
3: the